Welcome to Pamper and Splurge, where we talk sustainability served sexy. Hi, Tom. Nice to finally meet you. How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good. I've been following all of your LinkedIn posts uh, very, very carefully. I love, absolutely love what you're doing. And I especially love that me being from Montreal, you kicked off TerraCycle from Montreal. That's right. Yeah. Invented on Saint Hubert Street. Um, gosh, 20 <laughs> years ago. At least it was, maybe invented isn't the right. It was sparked. You know, the idea came out of uh, a party uh, uh, <laughs> by friends. So to let everyone know what we're talking about exactly is that TerraCycle is literally reimagining and I guess revolutionizing the idea of recycling. I mean, you're recycling just about everything. That's right. Yeah. We uh, sort of make the non-recyclable recyclable, you know, cigarette butts, diapers um, all over the world. You name it. I love that. Uh, there's an interesting fact. So only 9% and I did see an interview where you're like, oh, 9% is even a little aggressive, but only 9% is actually recycled from everything that's discarded. That's pretty shocking. Yeah, I would imagine like that's probably 9% of plastic. And I think that's probably overstated. Yes. Um, yeah. And then think about the fact that, I mean, it, from a you know, waste management point of view, one of the things that fascinates me about garbage is everything you possess. I mean, literally, like the walls behind you, right? The floor, yeah. your, the couch, everything will be garbage one day. And yeah. of that, next to nothing is recycled. That is such a scary, scary thought. You know, the, so as of recently, I, I mean, I'm an avid shopper at um, Sephora, and there yeah. was one of the makeup brands that said they were marketing this all over the place, and they were saying, we have an, a, a wonderful recycling program. They're bragging it, and all, you know, it was all over the, their, their website and so on and so forth. And I was like, wow, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm so proud that I'm already buying from them, and all the more reason to keep buying from them. And they said, just go to Sephora, deposit your empty containers, and off you go, similar yeah. to Nespresso. Sure. So then I was just, I was thinking about it further and I'm like, but what does that mean exactly? So I contacted, I contacted them and sure enough, they said what they do with these containers is they put it in their recycling bins. And I was like, well, what do you mean by your recycling bins? Like the same ones that I have downstairs? Yeah. And they said, yes. So I was like, okay, hold on. So you're telling me that this whole time you've been marketing this as like a special program of some kind. Meanwhile, I am taking these containers, bringing them to Sephora only for you to put them in the exact same bin that I was going to put them in at home. Isn't that That's a great. little bit of greenwashing? Um, gosh. Well, so that is uh, that is an odd, odd program. Usually when retailers do or brands do like collected a certain retail, I mean, we are, uh, it's like the largest personal care recycler in the world. And we do lots of examples of, you know, collect at, uh, at, at retail locations, whether a Kiehl's or a body shop. You, I mean, always it's for things that you can't recycle at home. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. can't do it in your blue bin, so please take it to this other place. Right. Um, it's a little weird uh, to highlight. Um, I mean, it's good that they're highlighting recyclable and they're making yeah, yeah. something curbside recyclable. That's brilliant. Yeah. To highlight, just, you know, just FYI, it's not Sephora. It's it's a brand that is carried at Sephora. I'm not going to name no, it because no. maybe they're going to change, you know, in the near future. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, look, the best thing a brand can do, I think, if we take a step back, is to say, you know, fundamentally remove uh, packaging, right? Make mm -hmm. it uh, without packaging, then make it reusable, then make it locally recyclable and highlight locally recyclable. So you just put it in your blue bin, and only if that's not available, then create their own recycling program. That would be sort of yeah. the order of, of, of how to go. So it's, this is an odd example. I don't know why they would promote, yeah. take it back to a retailer. Um, so I just say, oh, I don't think, you know, to me, greenwashing is a, you know, yeah. it's important how we use the term. I would say yeah. greenwashing is when you are 
you know, uh, 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 really leveraging a falsehood, mm. right? If, if they were saying, for example, there are, I've seen cosmetic return programs. I saw one in Mexico where the brand was communicating, you know, I'm recyclable through a retailer. And when you <laughs> went to the retailer, the retailer said, oh, we don't have a recycling problem. We just throw it out. That is green. <laughs> okay, that's okay, okay. straight up line, right? Oh, and that does happen, it. right? I think yeah. this one is just odd, right? It's mm. just hmm, scratches the head on like. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's good to know that not all programs, recycling programs are actually like that. They, in some cases, I mean, do you know of any that are actually taking the empty containers and actually recycling them? Well, I mean, I wouldn't like, so first, like if you take this one example, I mean, if you put it in your blue box and it's blue box compliant, I'm sure it's getting recycled, right? Mm. Like uh, if, if, if the, if it's blue box compliant though, if like the, yeah, you know, yeah, what the recyclers want, I mean, this is what we do, for example, at TerraCycle and everything we collect absolutely yeah. gets recycled. So, you know, uh, 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 I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they all generally should. And I think uh, most of these programs, because they care about the reputation, are going to be behaving properly. Yeah. But, okay, so just to, like, wrap my brain around this, yeah. if these recycling programs exist, yes. but only 9%, okay, let's, let's assume, uh, I know you mentioned 9% pertains to plastics now. Let's yeah. just, um, do you know roughly how much are, uh, like, when it comes to recyclability of containers, empty makeup containers, like, how much of that is actually recycled? Yeah, so I'd answer it this way. So if, if we're staying in the topic of makeup, right? Yeah. Uh, most cosmetic packaging is not recyclable today, hmm. right? Which means consumers don't have a choice other than throwing it out. Yeah. And then yeah. there are companies who will contract with a TerraCycle or do it on their own and set up their own take back programs so that there are options for consumers to recycle these things. Uh, but those are, you know, still, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's only a certain number of those out there. And that means that the vast majority of makeup containers uh, are just disposed. Wow. And that's, that's where these lot. percentages get very low. Now, yes. even in programs where there are recycling options, like your soda bottle, mm -hmm. you know, typically like in the US, only one in four soda bottles do people even bother to recycle. Oh God. Right? A, it's yeah. not just like, is a program available? Then you gotta get people to use it. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking because I, I sort of live in this bubble where I feel like more and more people are like me. And so um, I, I like to recycle everything. I mean, my husband sometimes pulls things out of the recycling bin and says, sure. this is not recyclable. I yeah. know you feel good by putting it in there, but it's just not like, look at the tag properly and look at the symbols, that sort yeah. of thing. So there is a lot of education that's required, a lot yes. of awareness out there. Um, so what are you doing, you know, from in Canada primarily to kind of raise awareness and let people know that you, TerraCycle, is now recycling everything. Like you've got facilities everywhere. Can you tell me a little bit yeah. more about that for Canada? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've been operating in Canada for 15 years now, I think, and we have a whole range of different recycling programs we run, like, for example, Nespresso's recycling program. We're a big part of that and have dozens of other recycling programs. Oh, you do? Um, wait, 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 pause. Yeah. So hold on. So you're behind Nespresso? Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. That, that is fantastic. I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. Great. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's been a wonderful partnership and they're really, really great folks, really, you know, authentically caring and investing in recycling for, for a very long time. I love um, that. So if you go to TerraCycle.ca, our Canadian's website, you can just type in a waste stream. You're going to get a whole number of free choices that are, mm -hmm. and these are free, not because they are actually free, but because they're funded by brands, you know, so yeah. uh, lunch made all the way to even, you know, cigarette recycling and so on and so forth. So those, we cover the cost of shipping. We cover the cost or sorry, the, the cost of shipping and processing is free to you and covered yes. by brand partners or retailers. Uh, for example, you can go into a Staples in Canada and recycle your pens, you know, at any staples yeah. if you wish. And those are all funded by these brands or retailers. 
Mm. And then if you, if, if there's a waste stream you want to recycle that doesn't have, that we haven't been able to find a brand partner to fund yet, there are paid versions you can get through our website as well. And then what you're paying for is really the cost of getting the waste, you know, from you to us and processing mm -hmm. it versus whatever we can sell the recycled yeah. material for. Because the big punchline in recycling is what makes something blue box recyclable yeah. is, is it profitable for a garbage company to bother recycling it? That's really what goes in your blue bin. So when you put things yeah. in the blue bin, what, you're, what, what the blue bin wants are waste streams that are valuable, like your aluminum cans, your large PET bottles. Yeah. And everything else uh, at the recycling center, it will just be sorted out. Like what your husband says, don't put into the bin. Yeah. They're just going to sort it out the other end and throw it out. Uh, and what they're doing is they're sorting out the things that are not profitable to bother recycling. Mm, That's really where TerraCycle comes in. Right. What about items that are not washed properly? Because I do know that that is, uh, it could be con contaminated and yeah. therefore is that discarded? Is there a certain so way that's to- That's a very good question. In TerraCycle programs, it doesn't matter. We're assuming you're going to be sending us things that are not cleaned. And that's amazing. So we, we have a cleaning process on our end. In blue box recycling, it depends on the local recycler. And I yes. know this may sound like, oh, it depends, it depends. It does. Yeah. The best way to get educated is call your local recycler or check out your local recycling website and they will likely tell you, uh, you know, what they would like to see because recycling is not, is different in every postal code. Mm -hmm. It's gonna change. And yeah. uh, it's good to get informed on what your recycling company's capabilities are and what they wanna see in the blue box. So yes. you can feed the blue box what it wants and then whatever doesn't <laughs> go in the blue box, you can either avoid buying or use companies like TerraCycle to help you collect and recycle them. Yeah. Okay. So we touched on beauty earlier, but what about uh, electronics, for instance? Is this going to yeah. be showing up in different stores as well? Absolutely. We do a lot in almost every category you can imagine. So electronics, wow. cell phones, ink cartridges, and so on and so forth, all the way to food packaging, you know, uh, 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 even... Uh, Things like we just launched diaper recycling in Holland. That's now moving to France and Japan. Uh, I mean, you name it, wow. hundreds, and hundreds of waste streams, right? So even PPE recycling or, uh, you know, those masks and the gloves. And really? Not for the gloves. Years. So sure. everyone who is watching right now, do not discard the gloves in the lakes or the ponds or anywhere outside. Right. TerraCycle it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I think the big thing to note, right, in, and this is very important, is that nothing we're talking about is really the answer to these problems, right? Yeah. It's not, no. Uh, it's it's don't buy this stuff mm -hmm. right like that's yeah. the real answer in the end uh, because if you don't buy it you never have the problem but then if we're talking about PPE and we're talking about gloves and we can't protect ourselves so what do we do it's a vicious cycle no it is it is but you can always have like here's the hierarchy right the best yeah. is don't buy right yeah. now how do you you know there's certain things that you can argue are going to be easier or harder like yeah. not buying PPE in today's mm -hmm. time probably pretty difficult but yeah. not buying you know, uh, uh, something like a cosmetic product, pretty easy. That's a voluntary purchase, right? Uh, that depends. Pretty well, easy. It depends who you're speaking to. Sure. I like my lipstick. Okay. Okay. I, but I it is not it. mandatory. You're not going to, uh, you're going to survive without it, right? Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. maybe. But you see my point, right? Like <laughs> I totally see your point. purchase, the very first thing you want to think about is, do I really need to have this object? Yeah. And yeah. let's, instead of like picking, because everyone's different. Everyone has their personal decisions. Yeah. Let's just agree that not all purchases we make are mandatory. Mm, right? yeah. um, then once you decide to buy, then buy things that are reusable, buy a reusable face mask instead of a disposable one, right? Yeah. Buy a, you know, and there we have, for example, TerraCycle, we have our system loop, which is all about reusables. And in I fact, love, uh, love we that just concept. partnered with Loblaw and there's some really exciting things uh, cooking yes. there. And, uh, and you'll see it in Canada, Tim Hortons, uh, Burger King, there's some really cool stuff coming up. Well, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let's not jump there too quick because let's do a little introduction to Loop and I was going to ask you, or yeah, actually I wasn't going to ask you, I was going to tell everyone what that is. Loop 
in my opinion, and what I've seen is reinventing and modernizing the milkman concept. I love this because why in the world was this ever eradicated? Like, where did it go? Where did the milkman go? Yeah, totally into the history books, right? <laughs> um, well, so you know what's interesting, right? In Canada, the beer system is reusable. Yeah. And so Loop, the great, I, I can say this to Canadians, it's harder to say, you know, to Americans, because in America, all beer is single use, is Loop is like the beer system, but for everything. Your yeah. pizza box, to your burger package, to your shampoo bottle, you know, you name it. It's imagine the way Canadian beer works, but for absolutely everything. And this I, concept where you can walk in soon to a Tim Hortons, buy your coffee and sandwich in a reusable container, mm -hmm. uh, and then drop it off at another retailer that may have loop and there buy your shampoo and your milk and your uh, orange juice in a reusable container and, and create a network yeah. where, you know, reuse can feel like disposability. So you're not worrying about washing yourself or filling, you're just buying and disposing, but you're putting yeah. it in not to a, a trash box or a recycling bin, but a reuse ecosystem, if you will. I love that. I, I truly believe, I've wondered for so long, like, why are we, you know, when I buy Tide, for instance, it's like this big container from Costco, and then I bring it home, and then, you know, like, after a while, I throw it in, I throw it in the recycling bin, and I hope, you know, that it'll get recycled, but it, it's just, it's, it's so beautiful, and it's perfect, and you just throw it out, and then off, you know, these companies are producing more and more and more and more, and it's just so, I feel like it's such, it's so backwards, so I'm so grateful that you started Loop. So what was the aha moment behind Loop? Like, were you in Montreal? No, uh, no not this time. I was okay. in Switzerland and uh, it was interesting. Like, the, I, I remember the, t the day it came up. It was January 2017 and that was an important date because we were just at uh, the World Economic Forum doing a press conference launching a head and shoulders shampoo bottle made from ocean plastic. And it was this big moment. It was really exciting. And by then we'd already built a pretty good business on the back of, you know, recycling and doing things out of recycled content. And we took sort of a moment to think like, is this enough? Is this going to solve waste? And we realized that recycling and making things from recycled material is good. And it is a circular economy, but it's the best thing you can do with disposable products. Yeah. So the question was, can we go deeper? And then the question was, well, we have to solve for the throwaway system, for disposability. Mm -hmm. That's the real issue. Yeah. And so, well, if disposability is the issue, the solution is clearly reusables. Yeah. And that led on a journey of, well, why aren't reusables? Like you asked the question, right? Where did the milkman go? Well, why aren't reusables big? Because they used to be, right? Yeah. We yeah. got our milk from the milkman. Our motor oil, our perfume came in reusable packaging. Our, uh, yeah. We cobbled our shoes. We mended our clothing. Like all that went away just yeah. 70 yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. And yeah. what we realized is that like, there's still remnants of reuse, right? The, the beer system in Canada, but also propane tanks, very mm -hmm. reusable. I bet you no one buys propane tanks with a focus on sustainability, but it's fully <laughs> reusable, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the question then was, well, what's the problem? And the problem is very clear. It's that you can't take the propane tank when it's empty to the beer store. Yeah, you can't yeah. take the beer when it's empty to like Canadian Tire where you may have gotten your propane tank. Mm. And that's two products. Imagine multiplying that by everything in your life. Yeah. You're not going to remember where everything goes. It's not possible. No. And your recycling bin doesn't care where you purchase something. It just cares that that object is recyclable. Mm, so the I thesis like was, this. well, wait a minute. We need to create an ecosystem that allows reuse to be as easy as recycling, where the bin just cares that yeah. that object is reuse, reusable. And that is basically what Loop is. So Loop is a platform, right? So brands yeah. can 
enter and create reusable versions of their products. Uh, everything in Canada from like, you know, uh, 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 Heinz ketchup to Haagen-Dazs ice cream. I mean, some pretty cool products. Yeah. And then retailers like Loblaw make those available to their consumers. Yeah. And then the real point, which will be more maturing. I mean, we just launched in Canada a few months ago and then e-com, uh, you can check it out at loopstore.ca, but it's going to you know, later be in store and then it's going to scale. And that is when it gets exciting that you can buy anywhere and return anywhere. Right. So you wow. can buy say, Tim Hortons, but drop off it somewhere else then buy somewhere else and drop off yet again somewhere else. That is so random. That's yeah. It's like mind blowing, but yet so simple. And this is, yeah, I'm, I'm just really impressed. I love it. I love I it. And so, it. Yeah. There's some mind numbing complexity, but uh, yeah. the goal is to make it as simple as possible for people who are using it. Because I that's think it. that's the most important thing in sustainability is we've got to make it democratic, convenient, easy, easy, you know, the opposite of like, you know, sophisticated and heady and complex, yeah. which is, I think, a lot of what it is today. Mm. So I work in branding, okay? And my job is to make brands irresistible. And as you know, part of that irresistible factor comes down to packaging. Yeah, Do so you, yeah, so I feel, you know, like I'm sort of like a villain. But what are your thoughts about that? Because if we want to reduce we, we want to sort of produce or manufacture packaging uh, smarter. And, yes. and obviously we want to think about their circularity and so on and so forth. Like how do you, how does a company brand themselves stand out amongst the crowd yes. and yeah. not go overboard yeah. with the package? What are your thoughts? So, so I want to just make a joke first and then, and then answer your question directly, which is, you know, we, we had a, uh, a TV show for four seasons, like a reality show. And there was oh. always this funny moment. It was, uh, it's human resources. If that was the title of it, I think it's on, it did air up in Canada, but now you can get on like iTunes and Amazon. Oh, great. But anyway, the joke is that like when we were sort of storyboarding the episodes, it, it was hard to create like family friendly comedy. It took work. Like you had to be, you know, like really working on writing and, and whatnot. And whenever we ran into like a block, the, you know, some of the producers would always say, well, can we just get, you know, like a who hooks up with who thing going on? Cause that was always the easy place to go. That gets a lot of viewers. Yeah. And we would never do it, but the, but it took work. Right. So the, why I mentioned that is that, it's easy to put a bunch of adornment and big mm. and da 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 to get it to be, you know, catch the consumer's eye, but that's just easy, right? Yeah. What a, you know, I think the real masterclass is in pack design is how do you make it irresistible yeah. while also really stewarding the rules of sustainability? And exactly. here's, it's very simple. Here's, here's the order. First, eliminate packaging altogether. Yeah. Right? If you can just not have the packaging, Perfect. then you're done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Then if, if you can't do that, can you make it reusable? Mm. Now, reuse is not as easy as it sounds because it's not just about the pack. It's about how does it get refilled? Like yeah. there's sort of like a business model system play that you have yes. to think about in reuse. Now, if you can't do that, then uh, think about uh, making it locally, blue box recyclable, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And there, don't ask your packaging supplier, ask the actual garbage company because you're going to get very different answers, right? Yeah. Packaging suppliers are going to be motivated to tell you, oh yeah, yeah, this is fully recyclable. Mm. The actual garbage companies that manage will tell you the truth. Because they're the ones who deal with it. <laughs> then once you've done that, then think about making it from recycled content. But it's yeah. first recyclable, then recycled content. Mm. And then if you strike out, then set up your own take back program. Oh, yeah. And try to avoid anything else. Yeah. And that's it. That's the simple rule book that you should follow. Mm, I like that. Yeah. You just simplified it. It's like. Right? And then once you have that, set those up as the boundaries. Yeah. And then be crazy, amazingly creative within those boundaries. 
Yeah. So do you feel nowadays more than ever, uh, consumers are now embracing sustainability and are looking for products that are manufactured, you know, environmentally friendly or, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's okay, measurable. Right. So what I can tell you specifically, not as not necessarily on ingredients, because I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, like in cosmetics, the world of, um, uh, sustainable ingredients and, and, and so on as much, yeah. but in packaging and waste, Garbage has always been an issue. It's no one's ever said it's a good thing, but it went into crisis at the end of 2017, early 2018, and it hasn't let up, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you can, it's measurable, right? And that was on when the straw started trending, you know, that was up a turtle's nose, uh, yeah. uh, and it too by David Attenborough. Um, yeah. uh, when Greta really came onto the scene, that was late 17, early 18. Mm-hmm. And COVID has actually only made it more. I thought it would like take, take the focus away, oh, God, but no. what's happened is during COVID, our consumption of disposable goods has gone up by 30 to 50%, depending on what stat you read, but that's substantial. And our recycling systems have done very poorly during COVID because it's Mm -hmm. made it hard for recyclers to operate. Um, Some have gone bankrupt. Some are just not recycling, you know, during this time because of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, their workers touching material and so on. And so we're consuming way more and recycling less, and that's Mm -hmm. waking people up even more. So it's good news for you know, consumer sentiment, right? And I mean, even Canada just uh, recently strengthened legislation on uh, on banning certain plastics, right? They yes. passed that federally recently, but now it's coming back around to get some more clarity on it. Mm. These are all good things, right? And so we are um, seeing, uh, that's all very positive. The negative is that our recycling infrastructure is doing worse. Oh, great. True, yes, I can see why. You know, and that's driven by really three major things. Oil being cheap. Uh, 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 Canadian recyclers not being able to export overseas, uh, which was where 40% of the plastics went. Now, whether you agreed with exporting or not, the problem is if you're a recycler in Winnipeg, now that stuff is just going to landfill. Mm. I mean, just again, I think China and other countries stopped the importation for really good reason. I don't, I would agree that they should do that. We had way too much. Yeah, the effect domestically is still the same, right? You're a recycler now, don't have markets for 40% of your inputs. And that's also loss of revenue, which means your business model is uh, weaker. Um, And also the quality of our waste in the eyes of recyclers is diminishing. As packaging gets more complex, lighter, it becomes less recyclable. Yes. So ultimately, if you're going to, if you're a producer, the goal is to produce waste that is valuable. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're going to. Garbage, you have- it wants, right? Yes, exactly. Like that, that's the key is that recyclers, you know, I think there's this perception with everyone other than recyclers mm-hmm. that recyclers are there to recycle what can be recycled. Yeah. Right. There's a sort of this feeling, right? Yeah. I put in the blue bin, what can be? Right. But right. imagine how many could you questions I could ask you right now that you would answer yes to in the context of could you, that you would answer absolutely no to in the context of would you, right? <laughs> okay, I can actually, you know, to, uh, to yell out swear words, you know, t- you know, pants uh, around naked, all those things that you could do, right? Yeah. But you would never dream of doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so what we are asking recyclers many times is, can something be recycled? When we should mm-hmm. ask them, will you, would you want to? Yeah. And that comes down to, can they make money at it? Yeah. Yeah, it's all in the end. It's all about money. But what I love, 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 love is, uh, you know, a few things. Actually, I love everything that you've been saying. I love your energy, and I love your hair. I always love how crazy your hair is, in, no matter <laughs> what interview you're doing. But what I really love is the fact that you're <laughs> recycling almost everything. Like that is your ultimate goal: is reduce the yes. waste, right? Eliminating yeah. what ends up in the landfill. Also, you're taking 
dirty containers and you're actually recycling. And okay, I, I have a child now and I go through 12 Actually, diapers yeah. a day minimum. Okay. 12. And I have reusable and I have disposable and all that stuff, but I use the disposable. Why? Because it's convenient and it's quick and it's not yeah. dirty. Right. Yeah. You are now even, you've found a solution to recycle or up. I wouldn't say what, what would you tell me about that for the recycle, for the recyclability yeah, totally. of di diapers. So we, we launched with Pampers diaper recycling in Amsterdam, uh, about two years ago it's been real yeah. successful and now we are expanding that to japan and france and then more wow. countries to come so that it's it. hopefully will be in canada at some point soon Please. and there the diapers through pampers funding get collected and then they get turned into basically the base ingredients so they don't go back into a diaper yet but they go into yeah. really good applications you know uh, industrial applications and so on we're also yeah. by the way in a few months launching in loop reusable diapers starting in the u.s and hopefully that will also come up to canada soon wow. and that will be a, a service for those cloth diapers, right? Uh, with a wow. really exciting brand of cloth diapers. And basically you get to feel disposable, but act reusable. Wow. I love, I love this. There are, there are quite a few uh, different brands that currently exist, but I love that you're also thinking of product development in addition to your programs. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for us, a lot of it is like take, you know, uh, in the world of reusable diapers, yeah. you know, you're absolutely right. There's lots of different reusable diaper brands. What we uh, partnered on with a certain company is that there's now a system. So you don't just have to buy the diaper because I have, you know, three kids and gosh, oh. the reusable diaper experience <laughs> is something you have to like scrape the poop off, right? <laughs> yeah. Into the toilet. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And here, you get them in a bin, you just throw the dirties in the bin. Oh my God. And then we pick it up and give you a new load. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then those all go to get, you know, professionally cleaned uh, and, wow. uh, and then, you know, go to the next consumer. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's great. I feel like you're thinking of everything. So can you, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I mean, yeah. how, <laughs> how do you operate? <laughs> like, where do you get your inspiration? Cause I feel like you're tackling everything and not only like in one country, but you're, all over the place this yep. is global yep. how are you and you have three kids yeah. that's how right. how um i have an amazing wife <laughs> that's how the three kids happen um but uh no i mean you know what fuels me and gives me energy is the purpose of what we do yeah. and it's a nice bonus that there's also monetary reward but the fuel is the purpose that gives all the energy and then some um we have an amazing team. I mean, TerraCycle is almost 500 office space team members now, you know, growing very fast. There's a huge team that really makes us all come to life. And we view ourselves as a waste innovation company. Yeah. Um, and what I like about waste as a, as a topic to, at this point, dedicate life to is that everything in the world becomes waste. Mm. So everything is in play. I mean, and there's, you know, we work with big furniture. I'm just thinking of the things, you know, objects that I see, you know, right in front of me with you. We work on electronics, like your microphone, yeah. furniture, like your couch, you know, uh, a light bulb, you know, all sorts of diapers. Yeah. I mean, everything you get to work on. Then it's about innovating. So I'll give you an example. Like we talked about recycling. We talked about reuse. I'll give you an example on what's coming up with diapers. Uh, we have a new, uh, uh, one of our emerging divisions is our diagnostic division. And it has a thesis that certain waste streams carry diagnosable samples. So imagine like, you know, we, we replace the filter for our air conditioning units every once in a while. Have you ever okay. thought about yeah. getting that analyzed to know what is in your air that it's filtering out? Would you yes. want to? Right? Yes, of course. Um, or your water filter. Or uh, we just partnered with a major diaper brand. This will be available in the coming year or two where you'll be able to go to their website, buy a little kit. We yeah. send you one little box. You put one soiled diaper from your child into it, send it in. And then a week or two later, you get a wellness report based on what we learned from the microbiome. That's no. the sample of the, di wow. of the diaper. 
So that's how far it can go. Like that's how innovative waste can be. It can be fundamentally like a biomed uh, play. Um, and to me, it's, it's exciting because waste is also the least innovative industry per dollar of revenue it enjoys. Cause it is quite literally shitty, smelly, nasty, yeah. it's not even metaphorically that it is yeah. like literally that, you know, yeah. it repulses most people. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean to make this all about, you know, the pampers and shitty experiences and diapers and so on and so forth, but, but wow, I love, I love what you just mentioned about how you're analyzing human waste yeah. <gasps> from a wellness standpoint. This is huge. Can you imagine, I mean, obviously you've, you've already imagined this, but imagine where you can take that in so many other categories. Yeah, it's big. I mean, just in there, you know, we found that there's a lot of home-based examples, like your yeah. water filter, air filter. Yes. Um, Pet, like cat litter, you know, has, uh, has good samples in it. In human, there's your razor blade for hair. There's, uh, like, think about, um, uh, especially for women who are menstruating, like, how much easier it is to, uh, to collect, like, say, one-use femme hygiene product versus having to go to a physician and get your blood drawn. And menstrual blood is actually more rich in information than a normal uh, uh, blood that's drawn in a, in a, in a uh, you know, if, if, if you just get a needle. Yeah. It goes on and on, right? Yeah, so, it does. And this is just one area. To me, there's so much innovation opportunity in waste that's not being looked at because of its repulsive nature. Yeah. Like if yeah. you think about that example I just gave you on femcare, you can say it that way or, you know, um, it's literally analyzing dirty tampons, which sounds immensely gross. <laughs> Right? I wasn't going to say it, but what it is, right? <laughs> and, uh, but I think that also just then people never even look at it and never see it because they're just so repulsed by the taboo or by yeah. the, the nature of it, you know? Yeah, no, but someone's got to do it and someone's got to think about it and innovate. And I love that yeah. you are, you are the guy. I love that. Tom, you, this, this has been so delightful. Like I, just, this interview sped by so fast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much My for taking the pleasure. time. It was a real pleasure to chat with you. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've got lots to do right now, so I'll let you go and uh, good luck with all of your ventures. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, looking forward to the next time our paths cross. Absolutely. Ciao. Bye. Bye.